Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Legends Only. My name is T. Kyle. And I'm Bradley. And this is your weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about Legends Only. On a Monday, you were waiting. On a Tuesday, you were streaming. And on Wednesday, (laughs) we released this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On Wednesday, I was up all night watching the Ashley Simpson show on YouTube, literally. For the past 48 hours, it's been nothing but YouTube. Thank you, Ashley Simpson Music, unofficial YouTube channel, (laughs) by the way, for uploading all two seasons. No, don't. Yeah, don't cancel them. (laughs) But if, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get into it in just a second. Yes, everyone. If you can't tell by the title, today Or our stained we... t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> or our raspy vocals. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> today, we will be diving into the iconic, underrated, <laughs> unappreciated, well, appreciated by us. Well, actually, a lot of people appreciate it. I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, undiscovered album <laughs> known as... Number one undiscovered album. Yeah. Recently released on LP vinyl. True. By not sponsored Urban Outfitters. Ashley Simpson's autobiography. Autobiography. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Some would say that we've promised this deep dive for about uh, a a year. year. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are now. And we have a album to dive into, a reality TV show, memories of 2004, as traumatic as they will be, all coming Mm -hmm. back to us now. Put on your old navy jeans and your oversized belt and your, what was that? Like the shirt that was like, went down to the thigh. It was just unflattering. A dress? No, it was like, they all wear like the baby doll. Is it like the baby doll top? Is that what it's called? Oh, I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know Halter what you're talking top. about. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. 
with this the is jeans. not a fashion this is not high fashion editorial right now but yeah neither is that season for that matter <laughs> we'll get into it well speaking of high fashion were you an old navy gay uh i wore the old navy flip-flops i had a color mm-hmm. in every pair um i wore them specifically through winter and yep. through spring um i didn't give a through fuck college was, yeah uh yeah and the jeans you know i had my boot cut moment yeah the, and the sandblasted right yeah distressed look can i confess something about flip-flops that is so tragic oh what i wore flip-flops all the way up until i was working in Times square at mtv that actually is pretty close to where i was wearing flip-flops i do remember coming into the city in flip-flops oh, oh. Yeah, like the photos from my 22nd birthday, I'm in yeah. flip-flops and a button-up. Well, there were stains on your t-shirt and and bruises on your feet. <laughs> yeah, the soles uh, of my feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lady of the evening that we're talking about preferred Converse shoes and definitely did not like heels. No, she did not. <laughs> All right, well, everyone get ready to live your 2004 fantasy. Available as- now at Kohl's. Yeah. <laughs> As we jump in. <laughs> Smells like Abercrombie and Fitch and bad hair gel. Ooh, hot. <laughs> My type. Yep. <laughs> All right. So on the subject of Ashley Simpson. Mm. So when did you first get into Ashley Simpson? When was she first on your radar? Like, tell me the Ashley Simpson journey for you. For me, it would probably be because of how everybody discovered her, which was the Jessica Simpson phenomenon leading into newlyweds, leading into the introduction of Ashley into our worlds, leading into the Ashley Simpson show. I would say that's probably where I was at with her. I know she was on Seventh Heaven like the year before that. I I wasn't a Seventh Heaven gay, so I wasn't really checking for her. And as we know, as we've discussed on the Britney podcast, back then I was so deeply into my standum for Britney, I didn't see the other girls. I did not I was not giving Christina, Jessica, a moment of my time. That's where we differ. I know, I know. But, uh, you know, my allegiance was strong at the time. And yeah, I. but I had no, no ill will toward Ashley. I definitely remember tuning in for the show. How about you? Same. When I was like, you know, diving back into the 04 era... I feel like when I was in elementary school, I was a TRL person because I would come home from school and it would just be on. Yeah. And then when I got my permit and I got my first car, which was like a piece of shit Honda that had no air conditioning and it had like mold in the back, iconic. Yes. This was like the reality TV era of like VH1, celebrity, flavor of love, making the band. Ashley Simpson show, Brooke Knows Best. Like, this was when reality TV was music heavy, I feel like. And when it mattered, because this was the time when Kelly Clarkson, oh, as far as reality TV affecting the charts, like Kelly Clarkson won, Ruben Stuttered won. That mattered at that time. That mattered that you had a reality show. Now it's like, as we've joked, like, there's 19 The Voice winners. We don't know any of them. Like, it's different now because reality doesn't have that same hold necessarily as at that time. Assumptions different. Yeah, newlyweds was such a big deal at the time for Nick and Jessica. That was like such a big deal for our generation. Yeah. Well, people tuned in. They did. They wanted to hear the the dumb things Jessica said, you know, chicken of the sea, that whole phenomenon of like, oh, she's so ditzy, you know, and the drama of their relationship and all of that. So yeah. and then you had the, I was a little Jessica Stan, kind I, of. <laughs> a little simpster. Sweetest Sen. 
I mean, I didn't dislike, of course. I I just wasn't checking actively. I did I did really enjoy the the songs here and there. It just wasn't the same. I wasn't standing. I wasn't buying the album. I couldn't right. support her with my dollars. <laughs> she wants Conscious to be like spending. Britney, yeah. not in my house. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I want to be up there. I want to do that. <laughs> Supporting yeah. every girl who tried to be like Britney. I know. I did. You know, I was so deep into Lindsay and Hillary and Kelly at that time. Avril. Avril. So it's not necessarily, I definitely liked the anti-Britneys a lot more, I guess. I don't, Pink. I less, you know, less uh, competition. I don't know. It was also the time we had just been coming out of the closet and it felt much safer to go for the pop punk girls versus the pu- bubblegum pop girls. You're not allowed to like them. You could only like the cool anti-Britneys. So it felt a little easier to, to stand them, I think. Yeah, that is like thinking back, I do feel like the general public was more supportive of like an Avril, yep, Pink, like the anti bubblegum pop, totally, all the way up to like Pink Stupid Girls, which is so problematic Iconic. now. Um, oh just yeah, it is. very like the anti. You know, I'm not a slut. I'm not a. You know, I'm uh, not Paris Hilton. Right, right. You know, and then we which just was get a into quote that. in the Ashley Simpson show. That's true. Where Jessica was like, I don't want to be like Paris Hilton. I'm like, yeah. uh, you thought that chicken, like tuna was chicken. Like, what are you talking about? That's like the same as when Paris was like, do they sell walls at Walmart? Right, like, right. They know what like they're doing. They literally copied her. They're playing yeah. the game. Totally. Ugh. So, uh, you know, I just felt like it was a lot easier to like those girls. And as a result, I just felt like I was more taken to Ashley just because she was same. the, you know, the rowdy sis who was the... You know, you and you felt that energy of the of her mom and dad and Jessica just sort of being like, and Ashley. <laughs> yeah. Like very... Well, we were closer in age. I feel like it was. That's true. We were. I would think I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, we were, and she so was, was nineteen. Like, yeah, and I had friends who were like older than me. Shout out to Lindsay. Well, well, not. To, I didn't mean. To, <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that. Like my friends were like graduating school like had graduated when i was still a sophomore like yeah, they, had, they yeah. were seniors or they had graduated so to totally. me ashley felt like the girl i would hang out with yeah at school like it felt like a friend kind of absolutely and i think it really captured that spirit in the ashley simpson show which looking back is really first of all they set our girl up they set her ass up they shade her in so many ways throughout this entire program that is so funny but awful that is how we she came into our lives in a big way was the show i mean this was also peak um this was how far reality tv could go because this was like i remember when we hit the wall of like extremism it was like the swan like we had extreme reality tv this show was really like setting her up to be pulled down dragged down for sure they absolutely knowingly made her look bratty uncaring about the final product like rambunctious and and just kind of and i'm not gonna say it's like a hundred percent like the producers like obviously she was who she was at that time but she was a 19 year old girl and so i think while we have that conversation about framing britney spears and what we talk about with the 2000s girls you know there's something to be said about putting a 19 year old girl on tv like that and in many ways setting her up to look stupid and to look bratty yeah it's just a different conversation now about how we would frame this person well so let's set it up here so the first single drops in may of 2004 pieces of me followed right by the ashley simpson show in june and it was like this whirlwind of promo and press 
with a massive, huge single into the show. But like piggybacking off of what you were saying about her brattiness, like Mm. it was funny to me because the show is so short. Right. And it's just like these chaotic vloggy snippets that are really choppy and they try and have these moments where she's being bratty and it's her mom just being like, you need to be grateful because... (laughs) I like I love the scene where they're in the car and she's like, you need to be grateful because you could be sitting at home dreaming about people wanting to buy your records. And I, she just completely ends her in like two seconds. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's also like horrific that they're just like constantly reminding her of Jessica always throughout the yeah. whole. The whole show is set up on the premise that she's not Jessica. The whole show. she You might know me as Jessica Simpson's sister. She was truly the embodiment of like the the pop punk anti version of whatever they're selling dyeing her hair brown and having her rebellious music and all of the bratty things she did on the show were just all leading up to this album which told a very sort of obvious story it was like i'm not like her i'm in her shadow i really enjoyed watching it back just because i relived so much of our experience in high school like it felt like it like seeing her in those was it urban outfitters shirts of like kiss me I'm Irish kind of shirts and shit like that and yeah yeah well I thought she was kind of I don't know I felt like yes she was a little like bratty and I don't know like looking back obviously it's we're like what 20 something years older now than we were at that age and I'm sure if we looked at old videos of ourselves in high school we'd be like oh god it's mortifying it's completely mortifying I totally am sure that I was just like that or similar in different ways part of it is like she's like I don't even have to do singing I could just go back to acting and do acting or whatever like she doesn't even realize the privilege of like what she's been handed by having Jessica Simpson as a sister she's like I don't I gotta do a fucking commercial it's so maddening to watch her go through like promo interviews and stuff and she's like I didn't really get it like he had an accent and oh she she's really grating in a lot of the scenes but she's a a really young girl and I think one of my favorite scenes is her getting the call from Geffen and they're talking about the demos and she's like I don't want to be like Hillary I don't want to be like Kelly Clarkson (laughs) I I want to be me (laughs) I want you to refocus your direction it's got to be edgy like Hillary Duff and Kelly Clarkson I don't want to be like those people Hillary Duff are you kidding me I don't want people to want me to be like Hilary Duff. I think she's a doll and has, you know, her thing going for it. But I don't want to be like that. First of all, most people do not care. And they did this to my sister. They made her try to be like Britney Spears. And that f***ed her up because that's not who she is. Edgy, like Hilary Duff, was the kicker. Edgy. Ugh. Yeah. God. I don't know. I was like watching it back. I was kind of like remembering why I stand back then because I do think as a younger sister, she had to not only just separate herself and make, you know, uh, her own identity as she talks about, but you also have to work harder because you want to prove yourself as yep. your own thing. Like I stand Serena Williams, who's the younger sister of the legendary Venus Williams, mm-hmm. stand them both. But, like, I felt like the same kind of thing with Serena. It was like she always had to live in the shadow of the older sister who was, like, hugely successful. No, totally. Every time she walks into the room on the Ashley Simpson show, it's like this beacon of light and everyone's like, Jessica's here. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God, Queen of Pop. Jessica. (laughs) That would have been me. The commercial of the the horrendousness of putting her in that dumpy outfit next to Jessica. (laughs) 
you're like fine ashley and they spell her name wrong as i tweeted like this is her villain origin story like it would totally make sense if she just became a super villain after this because they totally disrespect her in so many ways they make her look like tomboyish and like just frumpy and then jessica looks like this hot babe in that commercial I know that buffaloes don't have wings. I can't believe how stupid, but I also can, that culture was then, that that was funny or good humor. To be, like, that stupid, to be like, what? Chicken of the sea? Like, I can't remember. We, I can't believe we were in that place, and yet I can. Well, I mean, Simple Life set the stage for that. That's true, too. That was the blueprint, honestly. I mean, there were some pretty good scenes of her recording. They have captured it flawlessly in the mad tv parodies i highly recommend if you've never seen them at home you need to google mad tv parody oh my god it is the funniest it's so spot on to like what happens during this show they there's one scene where they like crank up her auto-tune it's rude to our faves but they go from paula abdul to britney to j-lo in the studio (laughs) it's just it's really funny because she has so many like shit takes in the studio and they're like, oh God, try it again. Try it again. She's like, it's hard. They really did a lot of that though. Like they edited, like I know people are like, they say like not to blame the editing and they're like, oh, it's not editing. It's not editing. But like watching this, like it kind of was the editing a yes, little bit. because like recording the album, you're always going to have bad takes, but they only show the bad Right, takes. but they only show that. Or they only show her complaining. It was very like, drag race editing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And the episodes are only like 20 minutes long. So it's like, but they throw in very subtle things to really sway you to hate her because I think you think because that one scene, I don't know if you remember or if you saw this scene where they bring in the string section to record the final day and they're they're recording the strings and she's putting her feet up and she's like, should I wear that dress today? Should I do that? And like so bad. (laughs) The producer's like, we're look how expensive your album is right now. (laughs) She's like, what should I do tonight? Very that was just trying to send a message of like ungratefulness or just like ditziness, which I think to that point, they're probably trying to like get a Jessica moment out of her to be like, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, they're trying to make this comedic. Yeah. But oh, for sure. But it, it definitely has the effect of like when I think back and we'll get into the SNL incident, I'm like, there was a lot of built up resentment for this person. So when she failed. That's probably why the backlash was so loud is because you had this reality show where you're set up as this ditzy, if not ungrateful person. So if you flop, it was so loud because she probably had a lot of people rooting against her. Not that it's okay. Right. Well, it's also interesting because it's like there was also so many people in her corner. Yes. No, she still had the sales and charts and all of that. Like she still had a lot of fans and people that supported her. But it's interesting. I even rewatched and we'll get into the Orange Bowl later. But like all the comments, like recent comments just being like, I wish I was there to boo her too. All these men. And I'm like, this, that whole like uh, mentality that she deserved it or that she sucked still yeah. exists. And like her main search on Ashley Simpson on YouTube, like lip sync or SNL comes up like first as like the recommended. I don't think the general public ever really got over it. No. Well, we can dive more into that. Yeah, like, we will. We will. Later, we will. That, yeah, like, we deeper will. combo because I definitely have thoughts and opinions on that. Yeah. Um, you know, hot takes as the hot kids takes. say. But speaking of that string scene, I <laughs> thought that was so fucking cool that they did that. Like I, you know, as a new, um, as a newly, as a producer, uh, new music producer who basically hit like three keys once, uh-huh. um, <laughs> <laughs> like making those. Sa- I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Like 
And I was listening to the album again, and I I think one of the things I love about it is it's so rich. It is, and I mean, and she worked making with it. the most, the top hit makers at the time. Like, John Shanks was, like, the guy at that time. It was, like, Alanis, Cheryl, and then he moved into, like, Kelly, Hillary, Lindsay. Like, he was that rock pop guy. That was the same with this album, and Cara Diaguardi, and all of these songwriters that were top-notch. They made that very clear throughout the season. They were like, we're sending you, like, the hottest hit makers right now to do this. And she's like, cool. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) sure. But like actually iconic. Like we're talking like the big leagues. And to her credit, she is a co-writer on all of it. Which is difficult to do. Not everyone does that. Not everyone has that. And, you know, taking her word for it, she she seems to be writing from her experience of breakups and being in her sister's shadow. And it relates to her life in that way. So at least from the scenes, it does look like she literally was writing with those people. You know, a 19-year-old co-writing. Difficult to get. I loved seeing that, too, because I felt like... Yep. I don't know, like, hot take here, opinion. Um, Little Jessica Simpsonites, don't come for me. (laughs) Um, I always felt like Jessica was a singer, Mm -hmm. but Ashley was more of an artist because Mm. she was a writer. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, I stand, like I have all the Jessica albums, don't come for me. Um, right, right. But I loved seeing the writing process. It reminded me also of like when Kesha did that documentary like years later yeah. when she talked about like her travels and her inspirations behind the songs. And I don't know, I feel like Ashley never got credit for the songwriting, really. Like it right. just overshadowed by everything else that we'll talk about later. But yeah, I don't know. I like loved, it reminded me of live journal like i remember watching it and being like oh she's so cool she's just like me she goes and she writes in her journal like i had an actual journal and i had a live journal and i was like oh she makes it look so easy being a queen of pop right right (laughs) (laughs) yeah the also the iconography throughout that season of just like the flip phones the all of the like ancient technology that's in that is just a blast from the past um yeah it's very entertaining to watch. I also thought that um, they we get a lot of doctor time. We we get told that she has acid reflux, we, that she's often on vocal rest in this show, and she doesn't really commit to that. She's got a diet that she does not commit to for, like, <laughs> reducing acid reflux. And, of course, that all leads up to SNL. Um, but, yeah, she basically... Did you catch the girl who was, like... I, f- I think it was the part where they were in the mall and the girl was like, we know that you have acid reflux. <laughs> and I was like, whoever that girl is, if you are out there, me, like I literally paused it and I was like, that girl is me. Like that would have been, absolutely. you know, that would have been me at the concert oh, yeah. being like, I have a deviated septum too. <laughs> I stand. <laughs> so inspiring yeah Yeah. i did catch in season two there were a group of three girls that wore a shirt that said i love lip syncers same support Uh, it's like where can i get a copy of those shirts absolutely because same yeah she had a lot of fans i definitely i appreciated the that aspect of it which definitely doesn't get talked about at all nobody accepts that as like the reason that all that happened but like she blows out her voice like three or four times in this series or it's just coarse and and really rough and i mean she is not singing properly like she needed that vocal coach yesterday she needed like them way before the album because i i just feel like she sings incorrectly and i don't i'm not a singer well i am and i agree no (laughs) yeah It definitely feels like no, she you're right. busts her voice a lot. That happened to Kelly uh, Clarkson yeah, a few I, times too. I was too. just gonna say, yeah, it does. It, it that kind of uh, 
pop punk screaming singing iconic legendary singing absolutely also iconic her form of dancing when she performs her sort of snake slither (laughs) ass first kind of like i don't know what it is but it's um it's sort of like the um car dealership worms that float in the air absolutely yeah the very unique performance style and they i mean i just feel like all i kept thinking throughout watching was they set her ass up like they put her on stage for the first time ever she can't really she doesn't understand in-ears like that tiktok i shared like in-ears sound pretty complicated because you've got so many cues happening all the time and it's you know if you just get put up there you have no idea what you're doing but she kind of at least from how the show suggests she like soldiers on through all of it but they're just kind of and on all of the comparisons they're like my one of my favorites you sound like garbage pause like the band garbage <laughs> <laughs> which some truth there somebody else said hole in geffen which i agree like some courtney and you know what we we said it when like miley's album came out i i absolutely think that ashley avril and all the girls had the impact on the pop rock girls of today yeah like well that's... didn't he also the producer who did autobiography he did can't be tamed right for miley right. iconic right. i mean yeah there's like a through line of pop rock goodness it's also can i this might be another hot take that gets me dragged but i'm curious if anyone else agrees uh-huh. i kind of feel like with ashley and i say this as this is a compliment coming from me I feel like she gives me Speak by Lindsay Lohan with like a little bit of Britney. Yeah, because that's like what the they whisperiness were... of it. Like, even oh, though she was like, yeah. I don't want to be that. And she insults Britney at one point, which we can discuss that. Um, <laughs> Who would win I'm between like, you, you and still Britney have in a fight? You. <laughs> Who would win in a fight? You or Britney Spears? Me. I kick her ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but 2003 for Britney she could swing like she would knock you out like absolutely yeah. like britney i'm sorry britney would knock ashley out exactly and she would sell more records and she would sell out a bigger crowd so <laughs> let's keep it let's calm down a bit <laughs> yeah but <laughs> like we stand but like <laughs> the thing let's is, be like, clear can, yeah like i can go hard for both of them but then the second that one of them comes for the other one right. i'm like wait no 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 no, no. <laughs> i like step in the middle and i'm like she can't sing like you, but she knows how to. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, yeah. No, it's yeah. It's I don't true. know. But they like, also put her in that position because that's all the interviewers do in this season. Yeah. They're just like, so what do you think of Jessica? What do you think of Britney? What do you think? You know, it's like okay, you know. But that's also the gossip. That's the fun part. Any other things from the Ashley Simpson show that like stood out to you that you loved? Her mother is Lynn Spears. You can't tell me otherwise. They're the like whole family gives me like oh, very father. Hello, fine. Control, I'll just leave. Like, yeah, the control of it all is like oh, okay. He, she's like, it's tough having a father and a manager. And I'm like, Ooh. the southern like accents come of, out. Yeah, yep, totally, totally same vibes. I mean, you know, it is sort of like I guess if Jamie Lynn um fully went in a different direction and had all that back behind her, like. It, that story would have been even more similar for that family. But yeah, such a similar storyline. The parents were like that. And um, oh, we didn't even talk about the relationships. We got Josh Henderson, not Hutcherson. He was on Pop Stars too. He he lasted one episode of Love. <laughs> I know. That was the funniest. It was like one 20 minute episode and then it was broken one up. whirlwind song. moving in <laughs> together. Also, I have no concept of like space and time because this 
show is like she's 19 why is she living with this boy she just met maybe at a when she moved to la they were so vague about no she had roommates she had roommates but they were all they lived down the hall living in this space and she's also very famous and i I, it seemed like so weird and then also ryan cabrera um, well reminded me of a dorm it did remind me of a dorm but also ryan cabrera just like living at their house for a year that they were vaguely like oh yeah he lived at my house for a year yeah what what does that mean? And he's like my Ryan best friend. Cabrera stan. Oh, that hair. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, so hot. <laughs> I remember there was like a half second there that he was the boy. Half was second? It. it was at least two years. Okay. Generous, but yeah. Was that also Jesse McCartney era? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit before, I think. It was like post, well, it was prime Justin. And then, yeah. yeah. Okay. But his first album is so good. And so is the second one, Ryan Cabrera. Thanks, Ashley. We stand for the 20 years of Ryan coming soon. My spin (laughs) on the way down soon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On the way down again. Uh, Yeah. I, well, you know, they, they definitely, they had the relationship that lasts throughout the whole series. I'm, I'm sure they were gunning for a newlyweds, Ashley and Ryan, if they could have, but I don't know if I could have stomached that. Oh, God, no. But she was a little um, like, oh, the one episode where she was totally drinking and they tried to hide it. And there was like two frames where they got her going for the martini. Yes. There are Mm -hmm. parts of this where I'm like, I believe this person is inebriated, but I like they don't allude to it. She's 19. Yes. The Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. Which like, you know, listen, I was in college drinking my sparks and walking the streets drunk getting into bars with a fake id so i yeah. no judgment here but like sometimes the erratic behavior is like wait isn't she just drunk with her girlfriends right now i thought you were gonna sing the song for me <laughs> oh. i literally thought that was a sound bite from the show <laughs> it was no <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna sing it for me <laughs> you didn't do like, anything oh. for me I overreacted so bad. <laughs> Got me flowers when I went home, so I wrote a song about it. <laughs> oh, Ryan. Oh, God. Oh, God. But, like, I stan. <laughs> I know, I know. And then, of course, he is the inspiration behind Pieces of May. Yeah. So we do have to thank him for that. Oh, and fi- uh, one thing, that intro to the show there are certain sound bites in this world that stick with me and like I'll wake up in the morning and it'll just play in my head and like just ask me like will always be in my head forever. I mean, she didn't want to be like Hillary Duff, but like they both share one thing in common. They both <laughs> have iconic theme songs they do. under their belts. They do. Come Clean is like Laguna Beach. Yeah. And then this yeah. song is the Ashley Simpson show. Good soundtrack on this as well. They played like Imogen Heap. They played mm. like t- um, telepop music. They played really good songs throughout this. Yeah, they played Gwen. Yes, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Did they you clock referenced- her high fashion editorial moment? She had the LAMB sweater and like the one. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was watching this with like a fine tooth comb. I was like, oh, you can see like, the Ed Hardy. You can see the sidekick, the trucker mm-hmm. hats. It was all bringing me back to all of it. Ugh. Um, the chunky belts, so many chunky belts, the low um, jeans. Yeah, yeah. So many choices were made that era. What a terrible era for fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, so unflattering for everyone involved. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 
I can't say shit because the photos of me from this era, this was my like popped oh, collar from popped old collar, Navy. Popped collar, puka shell necklace. Like, it, See, nobody I never was went spared. that far. Oh, that was me. I never did I the puka shell. A&F, popped collar, puka shell, those gummy bracelets or whatever, like certain like bracelets and the old Navy flip flops and boot cut jeans. Like there were no favors there. That's no. not flattering on a body. It's just not. You know what? We live and we learn. And uh, this is our autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I felt it was very appropriate as like an album concept and a general vibe to have this album be like, this is the real me. Like that makes total sense. And so many of the song titles and the songs really do tell the story well. So I actually think it is a successful album in the sense of like, having a point of view and a statement come out of the gate. Like, I get it. I get who Ashley Simpson is from this. If we're doing a Drag Race branding challenge, like, I get what her vibe is (laughs) as a product. We're going to watch your commercial. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's basically the Mad TV parody. She goes, so enjoy this commercial... Show. I mean, show. (laughs) Well, it worked. I think... Oh, it was a total commercial for her album. Yeah, and it was played well. And it, I mean, obviously it made me a stan. So we're still talking about it like 40 years later. (laughs) If if I can relate to anything, I feel like some, some people will know this. It's very similar to the comeback, Lisa Kudrow, and it's also very similar to Totally Scott Lee, which I've talked about before with Lisa Scott Lee. They they constantly embarrass the protagonist and they constantly show like the name misspelled, person not recognizing her, thinking she's Jessica. They constantly do that. And it's so demeaning and she just soldiers through and you're like rooting for her. But also she has, yes, some bratty moments for sure. But she's 19 and I constantly had to keep reminding myself like of me as a 19 year old and what I would do with cameras and fame and, and all. It would just be a nightmare. My God, I had YouTube vlogs back then in that era. Oh. They're all private now. <laughs> Shout out to Kate. Um, I, if you're listening, we had many jam sessions to this album in my car that had no air conditioning, but it did have a CD player. Yeah, it was pretty legendary. It's on YouTube if you guys want to go watch it. Go ahead and take a peek. That is what being a 19-year-old in 2004 was like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, because right now we have somebody who's 19 killing it at number one, Billie Eilish. I could not even imagine that Billie and Ashley are like the same age, like watching that show and seeing Billie as a person right now. I'm like, holy shit. Life yeah. is very different. <laughs> Billie, Ashley collab. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, it is really just the media is the landscape is just so different. So different. It's almost like even though we're more connected now, and there's more social media now, I feel like there is more of an elusiveness with some people. Yeah. Well, I think, smart. you know, post paparazzi culture and stuff, there's a certain wall around Billy or yeah. at least her team for a good reason. And I think it's just different now. Know what else made me sad about the show watching it? The mall culture. Yeah. Like the... Like, I was watching it, and I was like, this will never happen again, ever. No, yeah, we would never have a mall performance again. No. Oh, my God, I saw Brooke Hogan perform at a mall. (laughs) Legendary. That's Um, incredible. Oh, my God, we need to do a Brooke Hogan deep... Sorry, not to derail this, but, like, I, I said it before, I stand all the girls who tried to be Britney... And I did since, like, something broke. By 2007, I was just completely into all the girls. So, like, yeah. I, I let down my guard. You saw the light. I saw the light. Yeah. Um, Paris, Mew Mew's knows best. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, like, thought there was, like, a, I don't know, like, the TRL, like, even just seeing people standing outside in Times Square and going to Best Buy to go meet Ashley Simpson and uh-huh. have her, like, talk to you and sign your CD. And I'm like, 
it's so sad that like that will never happen again. Yeah, I think signings are still like uh. will, will like happen eventually when things get back to normal. But I don't think that it's it's just not the same kind of no. pandemonium. And uh, certainly the TRL vibe will never really happen again in the same way. I don't think. But right. Very interesting to watch that. Watch, oh God, the secondhand embarrassment when she meets Jay-Z. Oh. <laughs> I'm obsessed with your song. It's my favorite. Oh, what song? Uh, I got 99 problems. <laughs> you know what though? But like, shout out to her for being like so bold. <laughs> oh, it's it's cute and just, yeah, it was mortifying. But she was mortified and it was funny. Yeah, watching the the record machine work and watching the label just be like, well, you got to sing prettier. You got to look like this. You got to, you know, sound like this. Very just blatant, you know, this is what you have to do. And it's interesting to see, like, what choices she was allowed to have and what she, like, gave into. Like, in season two, when they call her and they're like, autobiography's not the single, Lala's the single. Although, like, I'm happy Lala was a single, but also autobiography, I'm actually shocked, was not a... like legit single yeah it was the song like it was the song for the show i'm shocked what did you think of like the whole um vibe between like because i thought it was interesting seeing like a lot of older men yeah kind of like in charge and driving the ship but like i don't know i felt like there were there was like maybe like one or two comments that threw me off but i did almost feel like they were respectful of her as a writer like i don't know i didn't get like the alarm bells didn't go off for me Right. Too strong. But it was a little weird. There were some weird moments. I felt like the vocal coach was a bit weird with her once walking out in the parking lot. I didn't like... Oh, but you know, that was some queen, wasn't it? Oh, I I guess so. But he was just like, you know, why is a young girl like you so stressed right now? It just, it was like a weird comment that I was like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. But you do have to, you know, you have to wonder, like, that's an already famous person that was hand delivered to them by a power hungry... manager father you have to wonder like what things were like for people who were not at that position already yeah um, wasn't her hairstylist and he used to do britney ken, too oh yeah he ken, like he was all over is all over i don't know but yeah all of her extensions throughout this whole thing has they were so many her bang the scene where she like gets full beat and she's like i feel like i look like a clown i look like a clown <laughs> ahead of a time no you don't <laughs> <laughs> And then she like makes such a big stink and they're like, we haven't curled your eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, it was like, honestly, this was like kind of chaotic tease. Yeah, it really was. A little it was bit. very similar to chaotic. I mean, yeah. si- similar age, similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it wasn't too cringy as far as like, I mean, Jessica did bully her and constantly call her a boy though. <laughs> But otherwise, yeah, that was like uh, when really I wish she was able to to verbalize her aesthetic or verbalize her desire a little bit more in that moment and be like, no, I like how this looks. Right. But instead, like it was it was why like, do girls just, have to wear dresses? Right. Like I it was just taken more as a, like, oh, look at this silly girl. She doesn't know how to dress. And it's like, no, she actually has this different aesthetic that if she were able to stick up for herself. Uh, yeah would have been high fashion high fashion again 19 it's just you know it's a different time those were the days back in the 40s yeah (laughs) uh well as far as the actual album should we get into like when it actually arrived all right so um, the album comes out july 20th 2004 and a fun fact that I thought we could talk about quickly that I had forgotten about until I read about it. 
MTV.com had that thing called The Leak. Do you remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. So it came out first there, and it drew, according to Wikipedia, 2.66 million requested streams during the time period it was on there, which broke Britney's record from In the Zone. That's crazy. And then I was like, I was like, holy shit, I remember going on The Leak and listening to the album for an entire week yeah. on my computer. You hear it her first. Yeah, the, that like one week exclusive stream of it. Yeah, those are the yeah. days when like every MP3 had some kind of like dubbed AOL, AOL music. music. Oh no. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally like stuck in my brain. Forever. Yes, it was um, Kazaa. It was all of that mm-hmm. era. Because I remember In The Zone leaking on Kazaa like right before the album came out. I, I'm pretty sure I remember that. I mean, that is just proof that the MTV machine truly worked. There was really nothing before that. It was just the show and the show was so popular then. Yeah. And it worked. And YouTube was starting around this time, but it was very like... Yeah, this was ancient days if this was around. I, I don't even think... I don't think anybody was looking. It was still MTV ruled with videos and that was the mm-hmm. the law of the land. The concept so. for MTV is basically about, you know, music, television. <laughs> <laughs> And the album smashes and we see it happen on the show as well. And she gets a platinum record. It was a big deal. It was the biggest debut album. Um, What's the stat? The stat is, in the United States of America, Autobiography was 2004's biggest debut album by a female artist. And in September, the IRAA, which... We don't stand them because they constantly send me fucking takedowns on Twitter and got me suspended (laughs) multiple times. So like, fuck yourselves. I'm literally promoting your music. (laughs) My housewives, like Lord Mix, like literally everything I get suspended because of them. So Rhea, you can go fuck yourselves. Um, Although, (laughs) but they did give the album a triple platinum certification in 2004, which is difficult to get. Not everyone has that. Not everyone has that. And so it was a big success at the time. Success because Simpson. Um, <laughs> and- <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the actual album artwork, which is also documented on the show. I actually always appreciate getting to see the bigger glimpse because I never really took into the idea of like, I just think of her face. I didn't even really consider that she's in a dark, dingy room like that. And that was cool to see. Yeah. is It was cool seeing like the low quality proofs of other possibilities of the shots. I do think she got the shot. Oh, yeah. The cover is a perfect choice. That is the perfect choice. Yeah, I think she got the shot. I don't think there was an alternative glory cover that was <laughs> lying and waiting. <laughs> a still from one of the music videos. Oh, my God dead yeah no i think she got the shot and i think it it's very speak also i think in a way well ahead of its Mm -hmm. time i mean this was pre pre speak it was all coming at the same time and truly a lot of these songs are sort of uh you could trade them off on Lindsay's album for sure yeah which is not like they're sisters to me yeah they're it's not a diss at all they were connected by a certain man uh that led to boyfriend on the second album, but we're we're saving I am me for another time. Oh but. yes, <laughs> we have to get into that one. Yeah, I love the um the photo on the white backdrop where she's got the mic stands. Oh yes, so yes. good. Yeah, the whole shoot is so much like the Lindsay one. Now that I think about it, it's like hand her instrument leather jacket. <laughs> She's a rock girl now. Scribbles. Scribbles. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like skull and bones scribbles. <laughs> yeah. I love the back cover too with like how they did all the hand type. Yes. 
Definitely. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good cover. It's a good, it really She's in the is Legends just, Binder. It totally <laughs> encapsulates the vibe of 2004. That's for sure. I think it's time to probably deep, deep dive <laughs> into <laughs> the album. Press play. Yeah. AOL. First listen. <laughs> Legends only music. First listen. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, I just dub over every single one. What was that? Okay, so track one, title track, Ashley Simpson show, theme song, autobiography. It really just sets the stage sure for does. the album. Stains on her t-shirt, biggest flirt, just ask me. As I said, it will never get out of my head. And I just don't even, I can't even imagine that this wasn't a single because it just feels so like beaten into pop culture. Well, yeah, I feel like everyone knows this one. Of course. And yet it's not officially considered one. Just crazy. And also her track record uh, chart wise is kind of uh, disappointing this whole era. Like she she smashes with pieces of me. But I think Lala was like 66 or something like that. And then Shadow quickly tanked and then Lala also. Really? Anyway, but you know what? We can't really come. It's apples and oranges compared to today, because as we talk about like right, like uh, Britney flopped on the charts. Britney's Toxic was nine on the Hot 100, which is genuinely unspeakable and and doesn't make any sense, does it? So Grammy award winning song, Toxic. <laughs> local Difficult fave. Difficult to get. Yes, local fave. So I, I wouldn't exactly hold it in the same regard, especially because the videos were in on replay. So yeah. And also, too, if you think about it, like streams. Well, not that there were really. St- I feel like, well, you could stream Mm-mm. on AOL and you could stream on MTV.com. But, but it was all really that, about like video. None of that counted. TV. Yeah, yeah. It was all about your TV, your TRL visibility, and things like that, and just pop culture visibility. And so you know, and I don't think radio wanted to play Ashley. Like that was the whole anti bubblegum girls, anti pop girls. I think a lot of it had to do with that too. And certainly after the incident, it was yeah. never the same. But well, anyway, the next track, which was her first single, "Pieces of Me." As her father repeatedly reminded her, this is yeah. the single. <laughs> this is the single. <laughs> Dad, I know it's my single. I just don't have it in me today. I can't sing it. You know, she kind of spilled points in that she argument did. back. She's like, she obviously, did. I know it's my single. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's my single. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was this very one Britney came snapping out. at Jamie um, about Womanizer. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is the debut single. Now, I love this song, and I feel like this was a huge smash. Everyone knows it. Everyone can sing along to it. It's now infamous. I mean, it's famous and infamous. Everybody knows it already. I think it's genuinely regarded as a good song. It's just such a stigma attached to it because of a certain incident. But otherwise, it's it's her toxic. It's her biggest song, I think, that people would know. The locals would know. I agree with that. It's her baby. It's... Her baby, her oops, her toxic, for sure. Yeah, her email my heart. Her email my heart. Yeah, I think it's a perfect song, to be honest. Like, I think it's like punk pop, angsty pop, 2004. Mm -hmm. Vocals. Vocals. Also, the one thing about this that I thought was interesting is that the video for this is really boring. Super boring, not memorable. Really just a commercial for the Ashley Simpson show in some ways. Yeah, she's just singing in a booth. (laughs) But, like, it's iconic. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't say this is like particularly memorable. And it's also just, you know, interspersed with like footage of her recording, which we see in the Ashley Simpson show. So yeah, 
Yeah, visuals were like not really her music videos in this era were not really it. Kind of. Although we'll I agree get into with the that. Next, the next song we'll get into, it's only your oh, other shadow. <laughs> <laughs> cinematic parallels cinematic parallel yes we have the other shadow very much her i am not jessica song yeah which uh, she wh- okay i will say though this music video does a much better job of giving us a concept uh, yes absolutely yeah. the concept of this video is basically blonde versus brunette <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's not she's liter- me <laughs> It's basically like, and also I just, I wonder if the concept already existed before or after she dyed her hair. Cause I was like, what were you going to do without that? Because it, it like handed the concept to them. It was like, oh, okay. She, the, br- the brunette one. There we go. I do think that brunette made a big difference. It did. It totally did. And, and from a branding perspective, it changed the game. It completely did. Cause it, and it looks amazing on her. Like she looks stunning as a brunette. She does. And for better or worse, she was right. Like it does look like too much like Jessica. It does. It, it, you do lump her in as her sister more if she's blonde too at the time anyway. So she made the right call. If, if that was her indeed her call, well, if we believe if her saw yes. on the show, she just, yeah. you know, dyed her hair she in just a, snapped. a box dye. Yeah. <laughs> But someone pointed out that like when she rings it out in the sink that there's no color. So they're like, it definitely was filmed after. <laughs> oh, interesting. I have to go watch back, but it does seem like maybe she reenacted. Have you ever dyed your hair? Um, Not at home, like myself. I've had like a professional do it, but not at in a box. Oh. Yeah. I tried experience. to be like um after the Lindsay Lohan um proactive commercial mm-hmm. not only did i buy proactive because of that commercial but then i dyed my hair the same hair color that she has in the commercial oh, yeah. so i went like chocolate red we, i don't mm. we were truly living parallel lives because my same dye job was because i brought in a, co- a copy of a picture of britney <laughs> on the onyx hotel tour and said chocolate brown like britney please a serve i mean truly a serve <laughs> The taste level was always there. Didn't look the same on me. <laughs> yeah. I used to have like neon red hair. So it was it was a difference when I did it. Okay. I'm glad. Yeah. But our girls definitely inspired us to do that. And maybe she saw somebody who inspired her to do that as well. But <laughs> yeah. So Shadow is like, as a song, I like it too. Yeah. Me too. Because I also think despite the Jessica moment, yeah. I do think it plays with like the other girls too. For sure. There like it plays to, to Hillary, it plays to Britney. Yeah, completely. She was up against all of that. So it definitely had layers and meaning. So I, I approve of Shadow. Um, mm-hmm. I would also say this album is fairly top heavy. Like right off the bat, like the first half of it is like the singles, the like the hits. Like not that the other half is bad. I disagree but... with that statement. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll get there I, when we get we'll there. We'll get there. But uh, the next one is my personal favorite growing up, Lala. Really? Yes. This is my least favorite song on the album. <gasps> I liked it because of the sluttiest. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> I think I think we had the same reason is why we I were polarized. I don't know, though. Well, maybe because I was like, there's not Drink really like the a concept. Up, I want more. <laughs> you make me scream. Very not myself tonight. Like, Lick the milk. Yes. Oh, th- um, yeah. Every time she performed this, there was always like a, at the end, like a scream. Scream. 
That's actually really interesting. Now that you're like, this is my favorite. And I'm like, oh, it's my least favorite. That but is I so don't funny. know why. Yeah, this is like the closest to like a uh, pop girl that I feel like the album comes to. Like this is yeah. the closest to Britney-esque, I would say, on the album. Maybe. I really enjoy the rowdiness of it. Throw me like a linebacker. Um, I like it better when it hurts. Like I felt like when those I heard those words, I, it was very part of the gay emancipation for me. I was very like, oh, sexual. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ew, pornographic. Exactly. <laughs> so I was personally into it. I find it really shocking that this album made it or this song made it on the album because it really doesn't lyrically tell like that doesn't scream Ashley to me. It's a very yeah. aggressive song. It is very like it doesn't work. Yeah, I I would kind of agree. I feel like it's like um a little spicier um yeah. than what she was giving. So I find it kind of at odds with that. But I really like it. We've got the video from Joseph Kahn and she's giving you suburban fantasy with Tony Hawk playing. <gasps> that game was so good. Yes, I remember playing that. Oh, oh my god. I played god. so so much Tony Hawk. Well, you probably did because of that video. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, the tie-ins for that. And uh, she's just sort of like thrashing around with like her best friends and doing gyrations and being a, re- a rebel in, in the local neighborhood. And not, not a particularly memorable visual, especially for him. It's from Joseph Kahn. Yeah, you'd yeah. think there would be like a giant something that happens. But sneaker night. Sneaker falls down a Converse <laughs> shoe. <laughs> Yeah, but that's so funny. Yeah, Lala was easily my favorite at the time. Wow. La la la. I even ha- I have super cringe memories of me like performing it on my bed and just like thrashing. You make me wanna top in the kitchen <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> oh God, interpretive oh, dance. No. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Re-release yeah. 2021 version. <laughs> Oh God! All this whole album just sounds like one of those checkered sweatbands that you wear on your wrist. Like that's oh, what it, yeah. like a Dickies like sweatband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, the next one, not a Madonna cover. Love makes the world go round. Here, here I am again. <laughs> and that reminds me of. It just takes some time in the Ooh. middle. Yeah. Jimmy Eat World. Well, um, you're a DJ. You should like. Yeah, I should. That. Do- I really should. Yeah, this one's all right for me. I like this one a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> know what I think makes all these songs so great? What she the really sir? Well, yes, and the instruments, and like the fact that it was live vocal or live vocals, but live instruments. The bridges. Yeah, throughout this sure. whole album, she gives Hello. you bridge. We had we had the best bridges on Kelly Clarkson's "Breakaway." Some of the best, oh. like "Hear Me," oh, "Gone," "Hello." The bridges of two thousand three through five pop rock girls. Oh, absolutely. So I agree with you on that. For yeah, sure. This bridge, like I feel like the bridge in every song stands out. Yeah, true. The girls these days they don't have the patience to get, even get to a bridge. <laughs> They don't. They it's actually just a don't. chorus repeated over and over. A beat break chorus and then do a TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, well, moving along, we have Better Off, track six. When this I'm song, standing in the pouring rain. I get strong Lindsay Speak vibes. Yep. Like this is, it really is interchangeable with Speak for me. Like not the song, but the album. It just sounds just like Speak, which is a compliment. Yes. And thus also Hillary. Yeah. 
I mean, as much as she protested, uh, unfortunately, she did end up sounding like the girls. I know. They all are like sister albums. They are. They are. It's undeniable because they share producers and, you know, themes and sounds. So it was inevitable. And isn't it kind of interesting how fast forward to now, they all sort of came back in the conversation at the same time? It is. When they got put on vinyl. Life is cyclical. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. <laughs> You just keep it, and then it's vintage. Mm -hmm. So hang on to your uh, Ed Hardy, because it is expensive now, again. Really? Yeah, all these things, all these trends, like the Juicy and all of that, it all comes back again. Wow. I never really thought that Ed Hardy was attractive. Uh, No. Like, my taste levels are questionable, but I never went that far. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a look for many people. Yeah. Um, I just, she was throwing me back with all the Urban Outfitters type of shirts that were like, I remember I bought the, like, Kiss Me, I'm a Nice Jewish Boy shirt or whatever that was. And I remember, like, having it half zipped because I was too afraid it was scandalous at school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, not me. I was fat, so I just color blocked. <laughs> like a stack of Legos. Yeah, literally. I had my like old navy fleece. I was just a rectangle. Oh my god. <laughs> um all right, so next song, Love Man from May. Great one. So good. This is so, very Ashley. Very Ashley, very thematically on brand for mm-hmm. autobiography. You know, the concept is basically, you know, loving her for her. <laughs> Yeah, I even, I definitely get, I don't like to make that comparison, but like Courtney Love and that kind of vibe, like she really does get that rocky. And so I approve. Yeah, same. That's like one of my favorite <clears throat> um, deeper cuts. Also, know what else I noticed this week as I was listening back, even with these like non singles, yeah. I know every word and every run. Oh, as it just I, comes back. To, yeah, it just comes back to you instantly. Yeah. And <clears throat> she, the cool thing about that song is she wrote it with Shelly Pikin, who did um, What a Girl Wants and Come On Over for Xtina. <gasps> Ooh. <clears throat> but like, she's done so many. She really did get so many. She was handed so many songwriters and producers that iconic. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my vocals. I need to go to the. <laughs> Raspy. <laughs> Stay silent for a full week. Stay silent for the pod. Next up, this is for me when we start getting good on yeah. this album. Oh. oh, shit. Okay. This is when it, it turns up. So Surrender <laughs> is the next track, which you hear a lot of in the show. A lot of um, in the show. And I really thought they were angling for that to be a single because of it. They probably were. I feel like it could have been a single. I think so, too. It sounds like a single. And they basically had a music video for it in the show. She sang the whole thing, and it was like... She does sing the whole thing. It reminded me of that um, Christina video where Christina's in the studio. (laughs) What's that for? Um, Oh, 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 God. I think it's for the Christmas song. It's the Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So good. I agree with you because... And it's also like made such a point in the um, it's like a turning point part of the show because she gets in with John Shanks and they cut surrender in like an hour or two. And she felt really good about it. And that's really when the label starts changing their mind and everything. And yeah, so I yeah, I definitely thought they were making this a bigger deal in the show for it to just be album track status. I think it's a great song and it's it's very like um how I feel about um, I Will Be There on Baby. It's very like, oh, that that could have been a single. Yeah. Like that was the fifth single. What I also love about this one is like there's that sound in it that where it's like, bam, 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 bam. That's like- Oh, that was just toxic. 
Oh no! Oh, actually, it was you were. Um. Well, I can't do. Maybe I could insert it in because it's just like a little snippet, and like I won't get sued. Just um, yep. Stream autobiography on Spotify and Apple Music <laughs> and purchase it now using promo. Um, as my as excuse. a shield. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But it reminds me of the sounds in Speak and also like Teenage yeah. Drama Queen. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 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 uh. Like there's like, I don't even know what that, <laughs> what is that sound? Like, I don't know. Like, what instrument is that? Teen Queen sound. Yeah. But it's like very it, Hillary. Yeah. And then also the guitar solo. Oh, Yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All you gotta do Deliverance right now. Okay. Drop me crazy. Uh, uh, yeah. Like this one you can just uh, do that remember, one is like, very Hillary car, for me. Windows yeah. down and just like screaming this one and being like, yeah. Don't you know you only get one life? Yes. This is like right next to like Mr. James Dean. Oh <laughs> it's very another that. bop. Yes. Well, moving along is unreachable, which is number nine. Is this a is this a fave? It's one of them. Yeah, I don't. It's not. I don't mind it. <laughs> well, it's slower than the rest of the album. It is, and actually, I do. I would have replaced this, and we'll get to it with um, "Endless Summer." <gasps> Ooh, you know what? You spilled. Yeah, because if we're gonna talk slower, <laughs> well, what I like about her slower songs, though, I think is they rev up at the end they do they do which we can talk about i mean like the last song is is kind of like like the end of the song it like it picks up and then she like infuses it with like energy at the end which yeah i feel like we don't get that anymore with the girls it's like songs now are like one speed and then it's just over whereas like her ballads really just like pick up yeah i do appreciate that i like that a lot actually and the bridges are just again like shout out to the bridge yeah. yeah yeah Giving it all away. Coming up next, track uh, you 11. excuse you. You skipped. Oh, what is new? In my opinion, Uh-oh. the best song on this album. Do the you next track. Tell us why nothing new is the best song on autobiography? Because it just by is. Ashley Simpson. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sonically, it is amazing. You can sing it. You can belt it. It's just like it's got that like um, eat it, drum lick it, snort it, fuck it. Where it's like hey, so what's my damage today? Like yeah, this one is just like I don't know why it just gives me life. It's a valid argument, and I agree <laughs> that it's great. <laughs> love that for you. I love that for you. No, it's a great song. I I do love it too. This was right. Wasn't this about like an ex or something? I think she said it was like an ex boyfriend. I I wonder if it's about Josh. I don't know if that. I think was it written. was about Josh. This man who lived with her for three weeks is who she wrote about. Yeah, I love that. I love this song so much. Yeah, I think it is. I think she really. I it is impressive that she's the co writer on these songs. To be honest, so yeah, yeah. And I feel like no one really gave her credit for it. Right. I just love like, you know, like a rock, edgy scream moment. Uh-huh. That's like Queen of Pop. Like she gave <laughs> me like what we didn't really get from Avril. Right. No, I understand what you mean. I agree with you though. Like if Christina went rock, kind of. That's a bold <sighs> statement. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like someone out there is gonna be like, T. 
You're right. You're right. Um, I definitely agree with that, actually. Uh, or like what Britney did with um, Don't Keep Me Waiting. Yep. We did kind have of some like rock that moments. Rock Britney. Rock boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get up. Get up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> giving it all away. Love. I do love this one. I love the melody of this. So good. Written with John Feldman, who also worked on Hilary Duff, because this is, I mean, the, it's incestuous. They all, Hillary, Lindsay, Ashley, it was the same people. Really lovely melody on this one. I love it. Yeah. I don't know if I have a lot to say about it, but it's a good one. Try and find your better half now. Open your eyes. Ugh. If I wasn't scared of driving, I would just like love to get in a car with the windows down and fucking scream this album at the top of my lungs. This was the self-empowerment anthem before firework, before all of that. Yeah. It was very like standing your ground. Yeah. And yeah. Well, know what else? I, th- I wonder if part of why this album brings me, well, it's a great album, but like this was also like when I got my permit and I got my own job and I was like mm-hmm. starting to feel that like independent moment. And yeah. so there's just nothing like singing in your car. Like it's, there's a freedom oh, I know it. Mm-hmm. that I miss. And like, I've started kind of singing in public now because I just don't really fucking care. And also the park is empty. So I kind of just like hum and sing, but uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Uh, and bringing us to the close of the standard edition is Undiscovered, which is also the name of the movie that she stars in a year later, Critical Flop. Uh- <laughs> I did not even know that was a thing. Yeah, there's a movie by the same name um, a year later that comes. Uh- what was that? What? <laughs> she was also nominated for a Razzie Award for her performance. <laughs> okay, well, you know, which is different. Not everyone to get. has that. We love an awarded queen. Um, Doesn't burlesque have that? Yes. I, I take a Razzie with pride, please. Yeah, I'm sure Crossroads glitter have it? did. Yeah, glitter. I, like, I'm sure they all do. So I love a Razzie. Taste. Taste. Um, yeah, Undiscovered. I really like this song a lot. Same. I think this is the a perfect moment. end to the yeah. album. Starts off slow. It picks up in the end. Yeah. I like the slower moments for her. I, yeah. I do. And also it lets her calm down a little bit vocally because... She's screaming over the guitars and drums. She can't get a moment. Yeah. Know what this song kind of reminds me of a little bit? Mm. Sober by Kelly Clarkson. Oh, God. How it like starts very slow and somber and then like really just like goes off at the end. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I think it's a great way to close the album and the rest is still unwritten. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Basically is the vibe of that. But of course, this was a day and age when we had editions all over the world and everybody got different bonus tracks. That are still not on streaming. We are leading the fight every day, requesting for these songs to make it onto streaming. Yeah, there's uh, three songs. There's the International Edition, Got Harder Every Day, co-written by Mr. Benji Madden. The Maddens getting involved. Good Charlotte. They were all in that drama. drama. They were so heavily involved in all of our pop girls' lives. We need to do, I still want to do that reunion couch where it's like Hillary... Nicole Richie, Paris, Jessica, Ashley, Brooke Hogan, hosted Lindsay. with the misshapes like <laughs> DJs and like the the casting crew of people who went out for misshapes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Would that not be iconic? It really would be. Uh, yeah, Harder Every Day. This, for some reason, when I was listening back, almost gave me the third album vibes originally, like like a slight mm. sweet world. I don't know why, but which is interesting. To, I mean, I know she fixed the deviated septum, but obviously her voice is very different on album three versus album one. Yeah. She has to, but I'm sure that is because of like literally when you change your nose, that is why. Well, also, I'm sure that she learned how to like sing properly to like properly. protect her voice. So it wasn't yes, yes, destroyed. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, that was crazy. Now I'm thinking about the nose that he can put that thing on your nose and you can breathe when he was like, try this. And she's like, oh, I can breathe. Yeah. I know people who have that. And I'm like, I need that. Do you have that? A deviated septum? Yeah. Yeah. I never told you that. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that you were actually did. Oh my god! Well, yeah. When I went to the ENT, this is like years ago, and I've held a grudge ever since. Um, yeah, I is went that from when and you got punched. Oh no, I've never been okay. punched in the nose. <laughs> um, no, I just was like, I always was had trouble breathing, and she's like, oh, so you have a deviated septum, and she's like, and you know, like if we do the surgery, we can give you a nose job too, like we can make it smaller if you want. And I was uh, like, what do you mean small? I was like, what do you say? I was like, the tunnel inside my nose smaller. She's like, no, your nose. <laughs> no, your honker. And I was like, what? <laughs> And she was like, yeah, we can do the cosmetic. We can do like, you know, the outside as well as the inside at the same time. And I was like, no. How dare you? How so I've lived dare? with the deviated septum ever since. <laughs> I was like, how dare you say that I have a big fucking nose? Wow. I like Canceled. my big nose. Fight, track her down, expose her. But then I also um, do wonder if that's why I sound so nasally. Well, I wonder if that's I have why. no idea. I wonder if I tried talking with my nose. Oh, you should get that little thing up to put on the nose and see what it's like. Is that a th- is that a thing? Like if you hold your nose, you shouldn't hear <laughs> through it. I don't know if that's the thing. Um, harder every day for you to breathe. Yeah. So what's well, on the right <laughs> side, not on the left side? Well, we'll have to look that one up. Um, we'll look that one up in the. Yeah, I enjoy this song. Um, yeah, but I also. I don't think it fits on this album. No, I'm fine with it not making yeah. the actual album. Uh, UK edition, however, gets the song Sorry, which... I think this could have been on the album. Could have been on the album. It actually gave me Avril um, losing grip kind of vibes. Ooh. Definitely gives me the whole, like, who does it specifically... There's a sound in this song that was present throughout all the other songs, but Avril came to mind first. Also, like, Fifi Dobson a little bit. Fifi Dobson, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think this could have been on the album, too. I think so, too. It's also a bit um, lower for her. Yeah. I'm into it. Very edgy, rebellious. Did she flop in the UK? Well, let's have a look at her charts and sales. She (laughs) went gold. (laughs) Uh, No, she went gold. So as far as I know, she, oh, well, she, okay. She debuted at number 31. Yeah, I was gonna say, I thought she flopped in the UK. So it looks like she actually flopped everywhere, um, except for (laughs) Japan, (laughs) US number one, Japan number six, and Canada number eight. Everywhere else is 20s or below. Okay. Well, all right. To be fair, if the show didn't air there, there'd be no way they would know. Yeah, they wouldn't even know her. Yeah, but uh, two times platinum Canada, three times platinum US, gold, Japan, Mexico, and United Kingdom. We love to see that. Huh. Um, yeah. Okay. And we have one last... Speaking of Japan, no wonder her charts and sales happen there. We have the final bonus track, which we mentioned, Endless Summer, which I feel like might be my favorite of these bonus tracks. Oh, I like this song more than I like, like, La La Ends. That's crazy to me. That See, that's blasphemy. But yeah, I definitely think it could have been on the main Facts. album instead of some other songs. Yeah. Um, this song's so pretty. You know what, though? The Japanese bonus tracks always were, better. like, always better. 
But that was the point of it because they wanted you to buy physical. It was an incentive because it was like more expensive, I think, too, from an import standpoint. I don't know if I'm, I could be lying, but <laughs> they were basically all better. Yeah, this, I really enjoyed this song. And yeah. It's also just like, it was fitting because it literally came out in the summer. <gasps> and so, the summer was endless. Yeah. So I remember like driving in my car and I had like my iPod mini, which, ugh, do you remember those? I sure do. I know. I had, like, had this on there. And I just remember driving my car that had no AC. And um, I said that like 80 times. I'm basically like Lady Gaga, like Italian girl from New York City. Um, (laughs) Driving around in Jersey with no AC. Yeah, it's just like so pretty. And it's like about being in love, which like can't relate. But like, I don't know why I loved it. (laughs) But like I would have my Dunkin' Donuts, my iced coffee. And I would just uh, fly. Yeah, I was a lifeguard. He was a lifeguard. And then rumors came out. In New Jersey. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this era was like so, I don't know. There's just like something about it that just brings me so much joy because I feel like it was, yeah, like it was post coming out in the zone, just starting to drive, just got myself an iPod, independence, rebelling a little bit. Totally. We were very lucky to have had it strike at the exact time that it did. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, there was more that came of this era that... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A song that I have sang numerous times here on this podcast. Okay, now I literally went down to 7-Eleven and I got this fucking EP. No, you did not. I don't know where it is. It was a paperback CD sleeve, but I went down and I bought it. It is Jessica Simpson's A Special Limited Edition Christmas Collection for 7-Eleven. Literally like 7-Eleven exclude. And Ashley was on it. She and is I don't on know it. where she it is. She is not on the cover. She is on this limited edition. It is available on eBay right now for $2.70. If you can act fast, you might be able to get it. <laughs> Inserts bin. <laughs> it's like it has to be somewhere. It was in my Legends binder and I don't know where it went. Yeah. This this was indeed a 7-Eleven exclusive from 2004. Mm-hmm. It included Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Oh Holy Night, <laughs> Hark the Herald Angels Sing, What Christmas Means to Me, Breath of Heaven Mary's Song. <laughs> And of course, the little drummer boy, a duet with her sister, Ashley, including a Christmas special. Yeah. I thought Ashley what? was the best part of this EP. No offense. Well, offense to Jessica. Um, yeah. I, sorry, Jessica. Yeah. The rejoice moment was like not uh-huh. really it for me. Um, right. Yeah. Well, she really did that on this. Yeah. She had, she had her own little... This is her... Um, her My Only Wish. My Only Wish. Her... <laughs> <laughs> all i want for christmas <laughs> for sure so ashley has an iconic christmas song they also just the singing together just like is not really you wouldn't know that they're sisters necessarily right like one is like very like welly like like i, yep. I don't know if that was a good like yeah 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 and then one is uh, like that yeah yeah it's two extremes and one cacophony it's uh certainly a sound it is a christmas sound that is what it is and then we now speaking of performances and promo we moved into the latter half of the autobiography promotional cycle which involved some live appearances including a weekend in october on a show called saturday night live yes unfortunately that endless summer did come to an end abruptly on october 24th 2004 (laughs) um and then we get into the fall which was 
A fall indeed. Oh. Yes. See what you did there. Yes. Or really more of a, a what kind of dance? A jig. A jig. Yes. Yeah. It was a jig. Yes. Um. Unfortunately, and which as well documented on season two of the Ashley Simpson show, mm-hmm. she shows up to sound check and the voice is shot yet again. Acid reflux. For like the third or fourth time at this point. Yeah. In a yeah. year. Which the is true sad. villain of this show is acid reflux and her father. <laughs> but <laughs> And, uh, so they're like, and they were pretty open about it. They were like, okay, we're going to sing to track. Well, lip to track. And it wouldn't have been a big deal. But of course she did Pieces of Me. And then she was going to do Autobiography, which was going to be her next single. And maybe that's why they switched it also is because they were like, we don't even want people. Oh. I don't know. To maybe. think about. Yeah. Yeah. So Pieces of Me kicks in and she freaks and does a little jiggy jig and hops on off the stage the headlines the next day it was all about ashley for all the wrong reasons yeah now did you watch this live i did you did okay yeah i, I, I remember I going like did. they they just cut it off they just like ended like she was supposed to sing something went wrong i remember like telling my mom that i believe yeah um yeah something went wrong was like what happened and then everyone's like buzzing on aim like what happened <laughs> um hit the cell <laughs> <laughs> check my away oh my fg ashley lipped um oh this the was amount also... of ashley simpson lyrics that were in my aol instant messenger oh, by oh, the way oh. like going back to the album art really quick like i definitely had a myspace era where i did like the scratchy lyrics oh, yeah. and like my graphics and all of that but anyway 500 percent. this was also an era which would it is not the same now Literally, everyone was obsessed with lip syncing then. Everyone cared so much about Britney lip syncs, Ashley lip. I just remember it was so much more of a big deal then and that you would be just like completely trashed for it or like she's not a singer. Like, I don't know. I feel like it was a lot louder then. Oh, it was extremely loud then. So it was such a big deal, even though we had shows like Top of the Pops in the UK and other shows where like you didn't you lip to it and it was fine. It was your promotional performance. We had this, which set a precedent on SNL where now Lauren Michaels like made it where you have to like show your lips move. You had to like prove that you're singing live, which is so stupid. We've talked about this on the Framing Britney episodes and stuff about the overblown reactions to our teen faves at the time. It was way over the top. I I think watching the Ashley Simpson show, I understand why she generated a lot of hate too, because if you weren't a fan of her, you saw a privileged girl sibling of a talent of a, a superstar already be shoved up there without any just instantly a number one. And you're looking at her sideways like, okay, like you just were gifted this. So to have to fuck up on stage is like, good, she deserved that. She didn't even work for this, even though she says she worked for it in, in the show a lot, which is, is not okay. But I understand why it was almost like uh, vultures waiting for the moment because like she had kind of had a target on her back. Clap if you think she should suffer. <laughs> no one's clapping. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of how I see it. Because if Kelly, if that happened to Kelly at that time, it would be shocking, but I don't think people would be like rooting for it or happy about it. I think they would have because maybe. So I have a theory about this whole thing okay. because looking back, I was like, why was this like such a thing? Like whatever. I feel like there was an age slash generational thing with like people who were in media, like the adults at that era. Yeah. And then like us, which were like a generation lower 
that were like mm-hmm. the stands. Yeah. Because I feel like I never, like, I didn't care about this incident. I didn't think any less of her after it. I still love the album. I still continue to be a fan. But then it was like this, I don't know, like, does that make sense? Like, it, same with Britney. I felt like it was always people who were, like, older that were being rude. And so I feel like now when I talk about, like, Addison Ray and, like, Charlie yeah, D'Amelio yeah, and, like, yeah, all these younger yeah. stars, I have the perspective of, oh, okay, I'm now an age that the people I saw making fun of Britney when I was a kid, I'm yeah. now I'm now in those shoes. So I have this yes. weird perspective of like, okay, I don't have to like the music, but I don't need to be mean. And I don't have yes. to be unnecessarily nasty and rude and like be rooting for people to flop. It's just not my thing. Whereas like- Which is so funny because there are so many, there's, I saw a TikTok of somebody being like, you all watched Framing Britney and came to rally around Britney. And then I see your comments on Addison Rae's like video. And it's like, where's the same energy for like, I, you don't have to like it, but like, if you're going to tell her to kill herself, like that's what we were doing to Britney 20 years ago. Like that, well, not us personally. The machine. The media. The machine. So it's like, I, it is cyclical. It, it always comes around like that. I agree with you. And yeah, I kind of just like, I can be playful about Addison Ray and Charlie. I can be yeah. like, okay, it's not for me, but. Well, I think there's I intent. Like if your intent is just like, you're being silly and you're like, oh, this isn't for me, but you're not, yeah. you know, you're not trashing and trying to embarrass or humiliate. No. Like right. even in the show, they showed like interviews where they were like, you know, you saw Carson Daly who was in his yeah. 30s at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. And then yeah. a lot of those VJs, which like I always wanted to be a VJ, but like people were fucking rude and like would say things that were rude. And so I I don't know. I do think that there was there's been a shift and I try I and be very so mindful, but I only have that perspective because like I was the fan back then. No, you're uh I think you're definitely onto something and I think it was very interesting to watch how it was handled in the show. If you want to watch any episode, maybe watch that that's from season 2 and then immediately after she has to call into TRL really to like apologize almost or to explain herself in front of the audience who's all just like staring at each other and then she has to go right back on stage for the Radio Music Awards for a performance where see, I thought this was clever but I realized like it did not have the same impact. She she fakes out her intro just like yeah what happened on snl which is fun but nobody but no one it, it wasn't yeah the same impact at all people did not forgive her essentially and i wish that moment had a bigger impact because that was like fun actually that she shook it off and played with that and like kept it moving but um we definitely held it over her head and it's also just Interesting because you can so clearly see in the show and in her performances that she most of the time was singing live and, you know, it didn't always sound great, but like clearly she was singing live. It's weird because it was like one incident, in my opinion. It wasn't like she had a track record of constantly singing to track either. Yeah. And also too, like, she's not the only one that that happens to. Like, I stand Kelly. Kelly had really bad problems with her vocal cords at one point when she was on tour. Christina had to cancel the stripped summer tour because she had the vocal things. Like Adele has had problems with her vote like it's not a it's not this weird thing that yeah yeah i just think it was because i think she was seen as a pop product and not as a vocalist that i think it was kind of like look it broke like look that the toy that we play with broke rather than like look this artist with integrity had um vocal nodes not the same thing so and like rolling stone trashed the album and like a lot of the kind of like elite media outlets were like never it's an easy target seriously 
you know, if it's, it's considered this like uh, squeaky clean product, even if she's like punky. And so people are, it's easy target to take down. And the problems didn't end there, unfortunately, because later in the ep- uh, season, we head to the Orange Bowl, which was another catastrophe for her. And she goes on after Kelly Clarkson, which iconic lineup. They're watching in the booth. Jessica Simpson is cringing because Kelly Clarkson's audio goes out or her mic goes out. And they're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Ashley's next. From the show's stance, um, she soldiers through. She gets through the performance. It's a miracle. She gets through it. She has no in-ears in. It was complete pandemonium on the stage. Nobody was hearing each other. And they kind of just keep it moving. But if you watched the performance or if you watch it on YouTube, you'll know that like there was a deafening roar of boos after her. Yeah. Scream. And that yeah. it's just like a roar of booze. Honestly, this is like one of the most, I feel like, well-known yeah. moments like that. Like, I, I don't know what the like... Orange Bowl is, but like, I know it because of <laughs> this. Yeah, for sure. I It was definitely one of those ones like Fergie National Anthem where like people know, people know yeah. about it. And it's unfortunate. And I clearly, as I said earlier, like in the YouTube comments, people still comment on it and drag her. And I mean, it's a performance of Lala. She had to change the lyrics because of the NFL. And it's not her best performance vocally. That's kind of who she was. And she was already overcoming the SNL incident a few months later. And yeah, it's it's kind of rough. And that is pretty much the abrupt end of the series. Not that abruptly, but, you know, that kind of tied up. That yeah, season the the was not renewed. Yeah. You know, and by the time that was January 20, 2005, by September or so, she already had I Am Me, her second album out. So it was kind of like, all right, regroup, redo, re, you know, re up, <laughs> still iconic. Uh, but yeah, that that was kind of it for the autobiography era. And can I say something? Controversial opinion. Yes. I think brave. I think she was sabotaged on SNL. I it, I I question how all of it went down because... And don't try and say that I have some kind of insight. I know nothing. No, I've never no. heard anything through the grapevine about it, but... I would just... And I would also say, like, I guess things happen in the moment and you don't even know what's happening and it all goes so fast and I totally relate to that, but I feel like stagehand should have just when she dosidoed off the stage should have just grabbed her and been like hold on they're playing the new song but instead they panic cut to commercial it could have been remedied like they just played the wrong song and it wasn't even yeah i do agree with you like something is off about it because they just could have hit the right song and just yeah. like started up again it's also like if you're gonna you know boast about oh we're snl and no one's allowed to lip sync on here ever again because we're snl and it's so famous and it's so prestigious okay then why isn't your fucking person getting yeah. you know their job right like it's the same way i feel about when someone sold the mariah carey audio when you're yeah. working in that industry, that's your job. I, it, there's something about it that really pisses me off. Like, I'm really going to come to Ashley's defense with that. <laughs> no, like, I agree. And I also think it's kind of, uh, I've always found it infuriating because she performed that song already. So it was like, it doesn't even matter to me that it had the vocals because it was like, that was clear, so clearly the wrong song. Yeah. It's like, okay, so they just hit the wrong thing on the CD. It's like, she wasn't supposed to sing that song, but I, you know. I also have another hot take while we're on them. I also kind of feel like Ashley was a little bit of like a pre 
guinea pig before Britney a little bit. Oh, for sure. Um, In terms of like the media, pi- like obviously she wasn't as like big as Britney, but a lot of this like things that were happening to her definitely set the stage for like 2005 and 2006. Absolutely. Like I really feel like this SNL incident opened a floodgate a little bit. It did. It, this is all starting to build. And there's yeah. like a paparazzi incident in season two as well. And it's starting to, the tides have turned to this place where like it's acceptable to bully this person yep. like out of their career or like just shame them for like a technical glitch or yeah, it's the beginning of uh, of a very mean, vicious, um, vicious media, really just general public in general, like what they believe is acceptable to say about somebody. Yeah. And to to our credit, I guess, as a society, even though Twitter is mean and trolls are everywhere and and they certainly dragged it to hell. Selena's really rough performance where she literally sang off key in her chorus that in 2004 probably would have been just devastating. And instead, everyone's like, oh, oof, it was a it was a off performance. And yes, there are Twitter trolls with Anon avatars who will fucking rip it to shreds but it's not the same as like front page news like it you know it's yeah i do think you can it wasn't celebrated faster yeah like it's a blip and then everyone forgets about it and i do think people consider somebody's mental health and just generally who, who they are more so now than they would then yeah nobody cared she was 19 nobody cared about like what that might have done to her so i don't know i feel like we've learned a little bit from it maybe in some ways in some ways we haven't but i think it's a fascinating pop culture phenomenon that is really representative of some of the things that were explored in the past year with Britney and beyond because of as I keep calling it like the punishment not matching the crime with these girls yeah Ashley I felt put on a brave face sort of but like you can I mean she went away from music for quite a long time after the um the storm I guess of her her first wave of fame you know I would say 2004 Five and then Bittersweet World kind of tied that up nicely. And then she's reintroduced really nicely with her now husband, Evan. But I think that's only a tiptoe. I think that a lot of this really affected her. I agree. I also I would, I would assume her first two albums happened so close to each other that it was almost like they just like kind of rushed her through. Yes. No. And I think that was kind of similar to like Britney's cycles and like the pop girl cycles then of like, every year was like an album which is crazy but i will say though like after she went through this whole thing i definitely like went harder like on the second album i was like absolutely yeah like as a fan it made me dig in deeper as like okay now i'm gonna really stand you because like (laughs) like same with britney like and like everyone like watching the media go through like whatever it was they were trying to trash them for it made me dig in more as a fan. I mean, hello, like my first Twitter handle was a Ashley Simpson lyric. I can't run from it. The girls know. No, absolutely. And I do think that there's something to be said about the fact that she just kept going, even if it mm-hmm. was just part of the machine or otherwise, it was inspiring to see that. And frankly, she has a last laugh. She's married into the Ross family. Fucking Diana Ross is her stepmom now. Or not, it's do- uh, mom and She's law. an icon. She's a legend and she is the moment. Mom-in-law, not stepmom. And so now she's got like, she's part of American royalty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, literally. 
and I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And yeah, and we're here so, talking about her first album, like almost twenty years later. Exactly. So there's something to be said about that. And she's part of a really interesting phenomenon of reality TV and fame. And she, like you said, set the blueprint, the groundwork for paparazzi culture that that bubbled up around Britney. Because I think chaotic was an immediate, you know, offshoot of something like this. Yeah. Newlyweds. Ashley Simpson show chaotic was totally of that vibe inspired by that definitely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah final thoughts on autobiography final thoughts I mean I love this album so much it brings me so much joy it's like just uh, I love the songs I love the bridges I love singing them the moment in time was iconic I don't know I also think too like this era of whatever also kind of like set my perspective for my own career in a way like if people are like oh well aren't you media like because i talk about like oh the media did this or the media did this and someone could easily just turn around and be like well you work in media so like aren't you part of the problem and i feel like even in our friendship because like you do writing and like we are in similar fields i feel like we've also we've both shared similar mindset of like we remember what it was like when hosts and tv shows and magazines and whatever back then talked about these people this way and as we move into like different positions in our career always trying to be mindful of like okay if you're gonna make that joke or like whatever it's always stuck in the back of my mind this era and like these things when I think about Ashley on SNL it reminds me of like you know when I'm on set and I see someone with like lipstick on their teeth or I notice that someone's mic is like clicking on their earring or I don't just like anything or like I notice a photo needs like a little bit of touching up or like a shadow is something is living in the shadow. I don't know. I feel like seeing these things shaped who I am as a creator in the fields. It makes me like protective of my faves. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like it does make not sense. Not that I'm completely. perfect. I'm like obviously like I've had my moments where I've like You know, I had fun shading Christina because, like, the fighters were so pressed on Twitter. But, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I try, you know, I try and and not just completely be, like, the media, even though we say it all the time because we are in the media. And also, it's not to say that the general public is innocent or not at fault when really it fuels the flame. I just, I think that revisiting the show really just reminds me of how far we've come and how far we haven't come with uh, the way that we treat people. It's just, it's the same, but different in some ways, but it is better in others. And I'm definitely conscious of the fact, especially I think just getting older and like seeing her say, hi, I'm Ashley, I'm 19, just really hit me from the get-go because it didn't at that time because we were too. So to really hear her say that And any judgment or making fun of or whatever at that time that our friends did or or that we felt, it's like so much different now looking back because I'm like, that was a little girl just like us in high school or just out of high school who didn't know nothing about anything. And yeah, it's 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 really like imagining people being that mean to Billie Eilish now and being like, oh, my God, she's a baby. She's a baby. So it's definitely interesting to look back and just be like, wow. Like the world looks so different from up here at, you know, in our 30s versus watching that in our teens and just the mindset. Well, I can also like understand, you know, like when we talk about like TikTok people and it's kind of like, okay, you know, is the general public going to take them seriously as like a singer or whatever? 
And I can look at like their fans and understand why they are obsessed with that person because I'm like, yeah. that was me at one point. Yeah, it's really hard to get over the hump, but I think it will help people in the long run if they surrender to that because yeah, just surrender. surrender. <laughs> Because it's the inevitable circle of life that the faves will continue to get younger and younger and they will continue to be branded as brand new. And you're looking at Addison and you're like, I mean, frankly, she it's sort of like Selena Gomez, who is just the generation before Britney. I was so, so mean like, to, about Selena Gomez. I can't hide from it. Oh, but like at first it's because we had Britney and then it's just like the Britney, the people at that that were in their 30s when she came out were like, um, hello, Janet. And it's just and Madonna. And mm-hmm. it's always going to be like, uh, there was somebody before this who did this 10 times better in, in their eyes or yeah. in your eyes. And that will never change my opinion that like Britney outsold, outdanced, whatever was a legend. But like, well, facts. Right. Well, it yeah. is just it that. is a cycle but of life, <laughs> but there are also facts. Right, right. <laughs> there are, we have eyes. But also but also, um, it's just gonna your frame of reference is always gonna be like for your generation. And it's just if you can break out of that at least to understand it, it's gonna help you be less of a psychotic asshole online to just be like, Okay, the teens grew up with these TikTokers and that is their Britney and that is their Christina for better or worse. This is their reality. This is their 17-year-olds. And so, yeah, it was cool to revisit what our one of our many faves was at that time and to have those feelings come back. And those slight little pangs of, like, jealousy or coolness or something. Like, even how cheesy it looks now, you're just like, oh, she's cool for that or yeah. something. You're like, the oh, one, God. The frame of the sidekick was like, I just remember, like, I was only yeah. allowed to have one of the, like, the pay-as-you-go texts. And I was like, I saw the sidekick. And I was like... Oh my gosh, I remember I used to see people and be like, they are so fucking cool. I want to be up there. I want to do that. That scene gave me a pang of like, <gasps> yeah. Because it just, that was such a status symbol then of being cool. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. It's just ingrained in our brains. But yeah, I definitely, I recommend it to anyone who did grow up during that time. But even if, if you're younger, it would be really fascinating to watch like what was considered cool then. And if you're older, it's like a reminder of where, <laughs> it's a very embarrassing reminder in many cases of where we came from. Similarly, if you watch MTV Next, <laughs> like oh, so the fact good. that- that is like what we I can't believe that aired. Anyway, we're getting off topic, but any in any case, um I'm happy that we finally dove into autobiography. I'm now going to have to go ahead and get it on vinyl. I don't have it yet, but <gasps> it's really good. <sighs> yes. It looks and... so good in like the bigger print. And I think there will be another, you know, in 2 or 3 years, 3 years when we have that 20 years of Ashley autobiography moment i think people will consider it differently i think so too i think there'll be a certain revisitation or respect for the fact that like she helped pioneer the rock pop moment of that moment with Lindsay and hillary for sure yeah and i do also think people will start to have the conversation about the lip syncing and booing and stuff yep yep because i'm not gonna drop names because that's unfair but like (laughs) there are Plenty of people, big names within the past three months who have lip sang on some big award shows and not a single person bat an eyelash. That was not a reference to Billy, by the way. That was not supposed to be <laughs> oh, like a pun. Yes. I'm not talking about well, her. And like, I know. I do we not also, give a shit. Like, I don't care. It's entertainment. We established this on the Britney Bitch podcast, but like, I want a show. 
Yeah. And if you want to give it to me live, good. And if you want to do lip syncing because you're going to dance, or you're going to do some sort of performance, good. It doesn't matter. I don't to care. Me. I literally do. I not don't care. care. Ugh. But that is just sort of a mindset that dif- it's different between people. Yeah. Some people require it. We are not those people. No. If I get it, I like it. Oh, of course. Like on Femme Fatale tour, when everyone was like, "Oh my God, she's singing." Oh yeah. I was, like. <laughs> It's like, oh, sure, I will live that fantasy yeah. and I will accept <laughs> yes. it. Um, well, like, otherwise, yeah. I don't care. I'm not going to like cancel someone because they lip sang. No. Ugh. But any in any case, I think that will be a discussion that will happen again in a few years when this gets a 20th anniversary re-up. But yeah, um, we would like to know you can submit your thoughts on our Patreon at patreon.com slash legends only. Chat with us when this drops. We're going to talk about the album, talk about the show. Um, let us know your favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, we'll make a channel. Are. We'll do a channel. We'll do a whole deep dive channel. And uh, let us know if you don't know. We have a Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash legends only. And uh, yeah, we want to hear your autobiographies. And if you didn't know, this is one of a series of deep dives that we have done. We've also gone into Carly Rae Jepsen, Hilary Duff. And let us know your thoughts. What are your favorite songs from this album? You can find us on Twitter at legendsonly underscore pod, as well as Instagram, legendsonly underscore pod. And we have a couple other deep dives. We did Madonna's Confessions. On our Patreon, we went into Emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen. We talked about Bionic. And fun little announcement kind of here. We are going to start, we're going to try to start doing a monthly deep dive where we go back every single month, we pick an album that we love. So tweet us, DM us, comment, let us know what do you guys want us to get into next. I have some thoughts about like what I kind of want to get into. Like, Oh, I have thoughts. You the people have thoughts. me feel like I'm living the kind of, or also... Oh, Nana, what's my name? I really want to talk about. And eventually, I feel like we're going to have to talk about I Am Me after this. It's true. Let's keep the Ashley coming. Yeah. Oh, such a good album. Which in some way is more freeing because we get past the hump of all of this drama. Yeah. Well, there's different drama, but it's a love triangle of of the ages. Tried to run away with the gyps. Oh, that's a different, but like kind of, it's all connected. (laughs) That's the point. So yeah, that is Ashley Simpson's autobiography. Stream now, buy it on iTunes or buy it on vinyl at Urban Outfitters Not Sponsored. Thank you guys for listening. Tweet us a journal emoji if you made it this far. A little autobiography Yes, (laughs) the little pencil against the paper emoji. Yeah, basically the pencil that drew the album track listing on the back. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can also check out our Speak Deep Dive. I forgot about that. We already talked about her on um, a little deep dive, but... It's true. 2004, what an iconic year. Which means we'll have to break away soon. Oh, that's right. Definitely. We should have done like a chronological thing, but like at this point, what is time? What is time? Breathe on me into better off, into rumors, and then breaking away, (laughs) and then getting chaotic, and then it's Britney bitch, into bad romance. You know what? We'll There's get there. And somebody there. somebody will put them into a playlist for us because we're not great with time. Oh, yeah. We should do that. 
All right. Well, and Ashley, if you're listening, we fucking stan. Um, but you're not listening. You're busy with your She's hot man. Listening. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> and and we actually do. I genuinely love the new music. So keep going. And honestly, if the duo keeps going or inspires you to go solo again, we would love that. Yeah. What would she sing about? Because I mean, all her stuff is mostly about like love and heartbreak. And I don't want them to break up. No, but maybe she's got some worldly wisdoms about the industry of the past 20 years or like experiences she's had. I know. I bet there's a good song about SNL in there somewhere. Honestly. In that notebook, that binder that her friend almost threw out. Wagging lips. (laughs) (laughs) Lips are moving. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in for this deep dive. And thank you for your support. And until next time, we will (laughs) see you (laughs) soon. Soon. Hey, so have you subscribed today? Makes me wanna subscribe. I can't your favorite song on this album. It is oh, absolutely easily. not. It's the worst song on this album. Nothing new. It's a fucking bop. Should have been a single. Anyway. Oh. All right. Time to give it all away and hang up. Okay, bye. Bye. Um. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.